What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to our listeners, wherever you may be in the world today, to the Becoming Your Best Global Leadership Podcast. This is Steve Schallenberger, and I welcome you. We welcome you. Today, we have an important subject that we're going to be discussing that affects every single one of us, either directly or indirectly. And so the title or subject that I'd like to talk about today is eight things that you can do when you feel discouraged or down. (laughs) Now, this is an important subject, primarily because in terms of productivity, happiness, joy, fulfillment, and getting great results, discouragement or feeling down is a real threat to you. It affects your business, it affects your relationships, and it is the opposite of feeling highly motivated. So certainly being highly motivated is the goal, and that's the state of mind that we want to be in most of the time. When we do have this malady hit us, this discouragement or feeling down, what can you do? Well, that's what we'd like to talk about today. I wish we were here together in person and that I could hear your ideas on this as well. I'm sure you can add more to it. But let's go ahead and go through these eight. The first one is to control what you can control. Refuse to permit your thoughts to dwell on what you cannot control. Dwelling on what you cannot control literally is wasted energy and wasted time. This list of eight things are all things that you can control, and they help you defeat discouragement and to maintain this high level of motivation. These things will take some discipline, but they're not difficult, and with time they become habits that will bring you years of happiness, fulfillment, and success. Now let's just give a few examples of controlling what you can control or not and the impact that it has. So you cannot control what others think or say about you or what they do. So in contrast, what you can control is how you treat them. You can be nice, you can be generous and forgiving. These are just a few examples of what you can do that has a huge impact on your feelings. Here's another example. You clearly can't control government, (laughs) but we can focus on electing good people that can influence our government. You cannot control someone cutting in front of you on the highway. But you can control your response. You can respond with kindness and patience and understanding and cutting them some slack. So perhaps they lost their job or had a terrible thing happen or maybe lost a big sale or received some bad news or just being rude. Well, we can just be kind and cut them some slack versus what some people do is they'll honk the horn and they'll just get sucked in to this behavior by other people. So literally, 
what you have to do is determine that you will not let others pull your chain. <laughs> I've seen people that, you know, they start honking, they ride up two inches from the back bumper of the car in front of them. But I mean to tell you, this type of escalation does not help you to feel highly motivated. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it leads to further discouragement because you feel badly you lost control of your, your feelings and your actions. Well, these are just things that you can do. One of the things that you can control if you feel discouraged or down, is you can be thoughtful about the contributing factors that might be contributing to this discouragement or feeling down. So for example, is there a health crisis? Did you have a major setback in your work or business or lose money? You may have money issues, or maybe you've been served divorce papers or lost or changed your job or moved to a new location. So there are many things that can contribute that get this kicked off. And if you can understand it, then you can really focus on controlling the right things, the things that will impact this. And you have great creativity and imagination that we're all blessed with this imagination. And as we use it, we start coming up with answers. One of the things you can control is you can apply the six steps of problem solving, planning, and execution. So that's number one. Just be focused on controlling what you can control. Just say, that is my default if I feel this way. One of the things you can do, this is number two, is think only positive thoughts. Be determined you will not let negative thoughts enter into your mind. Focus on the positive. Read positive material, including reading and reciting poems or positive stories. Let me just share a couple of experiences. Earlier in in my career, anyhow, Many years ago, we had a sales, marketing, and publishing company, and our sales reps and our administrative team and shipping department, all together, we would hold a one-week training school and prepare and arm our sales reps to be successful. They were assigned all over the United States and would work because it was a highly focused summer sales because they're college students and working to earn enough money to pay for their whole school year. They were very focused. This took a lot of intensity. And and when they got up in the morning, they had to be in a positive frame of reference right from the get-go. So during the sales school, one of the things we did is taught them how to have positive thoughts and maintain positive thoughts so that every person they talked with they could be a light, a positive light, somebody that was upbeat, and then share their message. And if people were responsive to it, great. They could tell them more. And if not, then they move on. But leaving everybody a little bit better than they found. One of the things we taught them to do was to have positive self-talk. So we would say things like, I feel healthy. I feel happy. I feel terrific. And we'd teach them to say it 10 and 20 and 30 times until they felt that way. And as they are driving out their area, and by the way, I I sold a couple of summers when I was going through college. I remember vividly driving out to my area at 7.30 in the morning, getting ready. I would arrive, you know, at the first location at 8 a.m. I mean to tell you, I would be discouraged some days. It wasn't easy to get yourself motivated. But I remember saying, I feel healthy. I feel happy. I feel terrific. And we, by the way, over the years, hired thousands of these individuals, wonderful, amazing people who have gone on to change the world for good. 
And when we see each other today, and this is decades later, we still laugh and say, I feel healthy, I feel happy, I feel terrific, continues to have a big impact. In September of this last year, one of our sons, Tommy, and his wife, Michaela, invited us to go to Yellowstone with their two young boys. One of them's four, the other's like two in that range. And Forrest is the name of one of them. As we got into the car, I had the chance to sit in the back seat with Forrest. And of course, we spent several days in the car together. I got in the car one morning (laughs) and Forrest said, I feel sad. (laughs) Well, we had fun because I said, Forrest, I want you to repeat something after me. I feel healthy. I feel happy. I feel terrific. And he said, no, I feel sad. (laughs) Well, by the end of the trip, Forrest had said, I feel healthy, I feel happy, I feel terrific at least 200 times. Man, I mean to tell you, once you got that boy going, you couldn't shut him up. (laughs) Well, it changed him. And his parents shared that when he got back home later, he'd be going around the house saying that. I feel healthy, I feel happy, I feel terrific. Well, this is something that you and I can do is think positive thoughts. Number one is control what you can control. That's the focus. That's the default. Number two, think only positive thoughts and have a place to go. Repeat positive things, positive poems. All right, number three, review your personal vision, annual goals, and consistently do pre-week planning. I mean to tell you, if you want to have a breakfast of champions, this is the breakfast of champions. You only do the personal vision one time, and once you have it, you have it. And you really front load to be successful. Now, you may refine it over time, and you do your annual goals once a year. And these should be SMART goals. Our recommendation and what we found works best is to do them by your various roles in life. So personal and the different dimensions in our personal life, spiritual, mental, emotional, financial, health, those things. So being thoughtful that we take care of ourselves, but also like spouse or partner or parent, friend, certainly work and professional, whatever aspect that may be, service to others. How does that look? Well, when you think about what you can do this year, it is flat out inspirational. And this is motivating. This gives your place, your mind a place to go that's positive and inspirational. And then third is take a few minutes each weekend and through your roles, think of what actions are most important as you bring your calendar of things to do all together in a plan that also is focused. You look at it and you say, I'm ready to go. I see this. I'm prepared. So these three disciplines, putting them in place in your life will have a huge impact. And I might add You're really doing what Ralph Waldo Emerson said when he said, sow a thought, you reap an action, sow an act, and you reap a habit, sow a habit, and you reap a character, and then sow a character, you reap a destiny. Well, this is what helps arms us to be more effective when we feel this down feeling. We have a way to come back. We have a place to focus our emotions and energy and efforts. And when we're thinking of what we can control, we say, oh, yeah, I can do this. One of those things could be to serve other people. When we start feeling sorry for ourselves, it just deepens the spiral. But when we start thinking about other people and how we can help them, it helps lift us out of the abyss of discouragement and puts us positively in a much better place. I'd like to just give an example of this. A couple of weeks ago, 
I was told about an acquaintance of mine by the name of Chaz. Chaz lives in our neighborhood about 10 houses away. He's lived there a few years. They have five children, and they're a relatively young family. Oldest child is probably 14 and goes down to two or three years old. Well, on December 15th, Chaz's wife handed him an envelope. So, can you guess what was in the envelope? Well, if you guessed a check for $10,000, you'd be wrong. (laughs) It was divorce papers. And Chaz was totally shocked. He had no idea this was coming. So let's just go back and think about this number three. Setting up and reviewing your personal vision, having annual goals, and doing pre-week planning. Let's just say for a moment, I'm not criticizing, by the way, Chaz in any way. This is not uncommon. How many times have we heard about this happening? But there are things that we can do about it to prevent it. So if Chaz's vision under spouse or partner was to treat my spouse like a 10 and to help her or him be happy on a scale of 1 to 10. So that's the vision. What kind of goals could you have this year that support that kind of vision? Well, you could say, well, we'll go on two dates without the children per month. So 24 dates during the year. Something else you could do is regularly check in and do an assessment. How are things going? How is your partner feeling? So on a scale of 1 to 10, you could say, you know, Janie, on a scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling? Like like on a happiness scale, how are you feeling? And if Janie says, well, you know, I'm a 3. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you you have some work to do. If she says, I'm an 8, well, that's good news. You know you're heading in the right direction. Then you could ask, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel our marriage is doing? <laughs> Woohoo! If Janie says, well, I think we're at a 1. <laughs> well, that tells you something, right? If she says, well, it's going great. We're like at a 7 or 8 or 9. Well, that's a different answer altogether. How about on a scale of 1 to 10, how's your health? Okay, so these are examples if you do this. Another goal you may have is to put a letter of appreciation under his or her pillow two times during the year. These are examples of goals you may have. And then during the pre-week planning, what you can do is say, what will I do this week? Okay, I'm going to have a great date this week. And you actually then say, when will I do it? Well, this is how the process works. It's enormously powerful. But in this case, think of the impact these actions, this frame of reference would have had on Chaz and his wife. We'll call her Janie. If he had done this a year ago. So a year ago, January, they'd have gone on a date. He had worked on a great date. And during the date, he can say, well, Janie, on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing? (laughs) How about in your happiness? How about on our marriage? How about your health? I would suggest to you that as you do these things, these are controlling what you can control. It can save your marriage. It can build a strong relationship and definitely it can defeat the things that cause discouragement and feeling down. Think how down Chaz is going to feel now, how discouraging it's going to be. He's going to have his moments. He's going to have child support. He's going to have alimony, perhaps. It's not going to be easy. It's a tough road. But now, you're in this situation, you can do all three of these things we've just talked about, and they will help you get to a better place. Now, number four is to get adequate sleep. Oh my goodness, I mean, you think about sleep and how 
important it is, virtually every person that I've had the chance to visit with about this talks about how important sleep is. It's interesting. It's not easy to sleep when you're feeling overwhelmed. And as a matter of fact, nearly two-thirds of Americans say that they lose sleep because of stress. But take it in the factors there are certain things can affect sleep. That's also a determination to say, I am going to get adequate sleep and I'm going to find a way to get good sleep. So we're aware of some of those factors. It is clear that absence of sleep or sleep deprivation leads to greater risk of depression, anxiety, certainly all these other health factors, increased risk of heart disease, cancer, impaired memory, reduced immune system, weight gain. So big stakes here at getting adequate sleep. This is a big defense against feeling down. It'll help you come back. And so that's a big one. Number five is to pray and meditate. Ask for help and strength. And remember, you are not alone. This is an enormous source of strength. And I remember feeling at some of the lowest points in my life. And as I turned to prayer and meditation, I found peace and I found strength that ultimately has lasted throughout decades. That's the impact that it's had. And I know that I have somebody that I can reach out to that I can find comfort and strength in. I can find a perspective and a purpose. Number six, let's go back and hit the first five. Control what you can control. Think only positive thoughts. Review and be sure you have in place a personal vision that inspires you that's meaningful. You have annual goals that are set for the year, smart goals, and you consistently do pre-week planning. Number four is get adequate sleep. Number five is to pray and meditate. And number six is to make a list of things for which you are grateful. Express your gratitude to other people. Call someone and thank them for being an important part of your life. And just watch how your feelings shift. And it could be a child or a spouse, relative, friend, a mentor, somebody at work, a work associate. We are a big proponent of using a notebook or a journal. But you could have a section, say, five or six or seven pages dedicated to what you're grateful for. By the way, in my journals that I have or notebooks, in the back I leave a few pages for my index, and I number every single page, and then it's really easy to go back and have quick access to these sections. But wow, what a huge impact. When you start dwelling on all the things you're grateful for, it really starts shifting your moods and puts things in perspective. Number seven is to get out and exercise. If you can, get outside in the nature if that's possible. It's all the better where those circumstances allow, where you can walk or jog or ski or whatever it might be. During the winter, in, at least in the state of Utah where our home is, it's cold. <laughs> so we have a mall close by, University Place. It's a beautiful place, and we can walk a couple of miles at a time, and it's interesting and fun. It's warm. So you can kind of pick things out, but exercise is huge. I exercise inside. I mix them up. And I also go outside. I have a regimen where, you know, the big Ron Williams workout, I love it, the build and burn. I have a bike that I ride. So I mix these up and they help give me a variety. But I've got to say, 
maybe your experience has been the same, that I cannot remember a single time when I went out and exercised or participated in exercise that I didn't feel more upbeat, that I didn't feel energized, that my mind wasn't exercised and stimulated thinking new ideas. So number seven, get out and get some exercise. And number eight is never give up. This is at the very heart of human willpower and the human spirit of never giving up. There's so many examples. I know you have many examples as you reflect upon them in your own life, but also in the life of others. I was thinking this morning of Ann Sullivan and Helen Keller. Oh my goodness, what a story of never giving up. Ann, in her own life, who was Helen's teacher, she suffered from blindness. It was hard for her to see. She had restricted vision. She had been in a home, a foster home or an orphanage. She had her own challenges, but she became educated. She had somebody she wanted to learn, and she ended up with a mentor. And when she became of age, she wanted to go out and teach others. And she became aware of Helen Keller's parents, that they had a need with Helen. Helen was a young girl. She was both blind and deaf. Anne was able to patiently work with her. She fought through anger and emotion and all of a sudden started learning. Oh my goodness, Anne would hold her hand under water and spell it out in her hand. And earlier in this young life, Helen wouldn't understand what she was doing. But one day, oh my goodness, it hit. And Helen's life just came to life. And she wanted to learn everything that she could. This led to a lifelong inspiration of wanting to learn and to improve. She, Helen Keller, and Ann Sullivan were working on becoming their best. Now, it's really interesting because you just know there were many moments of discouragement, but they didn't give up. They kept at it. Now, I would like to just pause. That's a great story. There's so many others who just keep trying, keep putting one foot in front of the other. I was just thinking, as I've looked at this list of eight things, that becoming your best has some great resources for you that can be helpful. Let's take number three, for example, of working on your vision, annual goals, and pre-week planning. We actually have a free resource that we can provide you on how to do that, a format of how to write your vision, a place to put your annual goals and some ideas on how to do pre-week planning. So if you just write to us at support at becomingyourbest.com, just let us know you listen to this podcast, Eight Things You Can Do When You Feel Discouraged or Down, and that you would like to have this resource on the best way to do a vision, set your SMART goals for the year, and some ideas on pre-week planning. And we'll just send that out to you. Well, okay, now I would like to finish up I would like to recommend there's some things that you don't do. And here are a few things of what not to do. First of all, be determined you won't binge. (laughs) And the definition of binge is a short period devoted to indulging in an activity of excess, especially drinking alcohol, drugs, eating, I'm just quoting out of the dictionary, watching movies, playing video games, those I added, surfing on your device, shopping maybe. (laughs) Anyhow, don't binge. 
Just be determined you're not going to participate in counterproductive things that don't help because it doesn't help and you end up back wherever you started and you've wasted time and emotion and sometimes money. And another thing is don't dwell on the blue or discouraging feelings. Get back to these eight things. Say, I am going to go to work. I'm just going to control on what I can control. I'm going to think positive thoughts. I'm going to look at my vision and annual goals and pre-week planning, and I'm going to be focused. That gives your mind a place to go. And I am going to get adequate sleep. You're just going to find a way to do it. And where it fits for you, consider praying, certainly meditating, and make a list of things, number six, for what you're grateful for. Get out and exercise, and where you're able to get out in nature, that's wonderful. That's just frosting on the cake. And last of all, never give up. And that would be also what not to do, the last, which is don't give up. Remember, the dark will all turn bright. There'll be a better day. And sometimes it's when you're at your darkest that you'll find your best, that it precedes your greatest successes in life. So these are the thoughts that I'd like to leave you today. I hope one's been helpful for you. May these eight things that you can do when you feel discouraged or down be helpful to you and perhaps others that you could share these with that might have that feeling from time to time where you can be a light to them. This can be a place of discussion where you can talk about it and talk about the things you've learned and you're doing and what are they doing so that you can invite them and encourage them to get to a better place. Thank you for being with us today. Remember, every single day you're making a difference. You can be a light. That's what leadership is. You can help things get to a better place. This is Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, It would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.